to a bittersweet beef entertainment video game podcast and today we take a break from reporting on current news and events and go back to our traditional a bittersweet format as a discussion based podcast so today we're discussing the concepts of reboots remakes and remasters whether they're good for the industry and what reboots remakes and remasters we would like to see made in the near future I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. So, um, this is coming off the back of the recent release of Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which... I poor man's <laughs> Mario Kart. No, it's not. I think it was the best kart racer of all time. It continues, in my opinion, to be the best kart racer of all time. I like Mario Kart. I like Diddy Kong Racing. Anything outside of that realm is just licensed bullshit. Crash Team Racing felt weighty and good and well designed and well thought out and it is back and I want to talk about it. Go ahead. Right. So this is something that I have noticed when it concerns remakes, reboots, whatever, is the ramping up or the significant decreasing of the difficulty. Now this is something that was a problem in uh, the cr- uh, the Crash Insane yeah. edition. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that upgrade in technology, there is that slight bit of precision that gets tuned up and makes the game way fucking harder than it needs to be. Uh, and unfortunately, that has much been the problem with Crash Team Racing. I have had to bump it down to easy. Oh, wow. I have been struggling. I spent three nights consecutively playing the first four tracks on Adventure Mode. They're four easiest tracks in the game. It took me three nights. Now, I don't get much video game time, but... Three nights is a lot. I bumped it down too easy, and I did all that in 20 minutes. There is a gulf in difficulty in this game, and I don't know what the hell's going on. And it's not like the game feels different like the Insane Trilogy did. It's not, it's not like, it's like, okay, I have to adjust to the new system. It still feels like Crash Team Racing. I think it's the better remake, if anything. Yeah. But fuck me, it's hard. I finished this game to 100% when I was a little kid. What happened? Why is it this difficult now? Medium is close to hard and hard. I don't even want to discuss. It's it's awful. Yet, somehow, it's still massively enjoyable. And they went above and beyond with this remake and they added in the um, courses and characters from Crash Nitro Kart, which was the uh, sequel on mm-hmm. PS2. There is talks that they're going to be adding stuff from Crash Tag Team Racing, which was the threequel. Which is also on PS2. The double dash re, uh, ripoff. Basically, on. that was really, really badly designed. Oh, yeah. It was. It, did you ever play it? No. Oh, it was basically the way that you won every single race in that game was by not doing any racing. You, you would start off. You would immediately find somebody and tag team with them, right. which meant you'd be either be in a driver position or a gunner position. Yeah. They will drive perfectly. The AI is more than competent. All you need to do is be the gunner. And then at the last second, zip out of them, break the tag team, win the race. That, okay. That worked for the entire fucking Oh, good. Game. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, have you ever encountered a game where difficulty spikes are a problem or precision changes are a problem? Well, you've already mentioned it. It was the remake of all the Crash Bandicoot games. So in particular, anything that involved a rope bridge... Mm. Became a fucking exercise in almost an existential crisis of like, right, was I really that much better as an eight year old kid in the 90s when I could do this no problem, precision jump after precision jump, and you just keep sliding off that goddamn thing? 
I felt very inadequate. Now, it was only really the first of the three games they remade. Mm. It's only Crash 1 that really had this. Crash 2 and Crash 3 are, by comparison, much easier games. I think they're better. They're not as iconic, but they're better designed mm. levels and games. Yes. Which really helps. But yeah, I've. that's really it. Because I, in making this list, I discovered I haven't really played all that many remakes and reboots. Interesting. So, like... I, I'd even struggle to call the remakes we have of Pokemon games true remakes because they add all the new stuff you have for the modern Pokemon games. You just happen to be going back to the same region and doing the same story. Well, Pokemon's a good example because especially Red and Blue have had the remake treatment a few times yes. now. Uh, in the sense of the, the data for uh, Kanto was in Gold and Silver... And then we got Fire uh, Leaf Green and Fire Red as the graphical upgrade with wireless trading, mm-hmm. but it was very much just a straight shot remake. Yep. Then you have uh, those regions inclusions in Hakon Soul Silver, which I still think is pretty much the perfect Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. I fucking love those games. And then you go up to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, where the the fatigue really begins to set in. It does a little bit. And I think the difficulty might be a way of them getting around that, of them. that They'll, they'll face criticism. Because I think we need to make a distinction right now between reboot and remake. Yes. So, because there is a very clear delineation between the two. And remaster, I suppose. And a remaster, yeah. A remaster is literally taking the exact same game and just up the graphics and changing nothing else. Yes. A reboot is something along the lines of the, the God of War that came out in 2017, 18... Mm, hang on that came out the most recent God of War game yes 2018 which wasn't a remake of any of the older games but felt like a fresh start because it was a whole new location basically a brand new combat engine etc but it was a continuation of the story yes they just revived the old franchise and then remakes again, the Spyro remake the Crash remakes the Destroy All Humans remake which is coming yeah it's just taking that first game and you know, changing small things about it, but essentially retelling the same story. Yeah. A lot of the similar things. And I think that's what they want to do. Crash is the perfect example because the kids who played that when they were first out are now our age. And I think if the difficulty didn't... They probably thought, right, if we change too many things, people will moan at us. But if we keep it the exact same, people will say, oh, they're too easy and just breeze through them. Basically. Which what forces their hand to basically write, yes, the graphics can get better, but we're not then going to do all the things we need to compensate for that making the precision landing and the jumping um, worse. We're not we're just going to leave that as it is and be like, well, there's a new difficulty spike for you. That gives them a different experience with, without changing much. Yeah. I see it from that point of view, but yes, it can get very annoying and make you feel like, you're very inadequate compared to your six-year-old self. Yeah, that is a, a big problem. A weird feeling, it must be said. It is, it is. Um, it's in, it's interesting, you know, looking back specifically at Crash, which is a, a franchise that has pretty much jumped a generation. They, mm-hmm. they were big on PlayStation 1, similarly big on PlayStation 2, and completely fucking absent for PlayStation 3. Yeah. And now it's back on PlayStation 4, but, you know, it is a ground-up mechanical reboot birth essentially they have gone right back down and rebuilt the game using the original as a reference but rebuilt it from yes. the ground up now when a crash 4 comes out which you've got to think there's all the momentum in the world for it now there will be a new crash game surely sooner rather than later 
Does that then retroactively make this a reboot and a remake? We don't know, because essentially they could just carry on with the whole remake game and go, right, we're going to fix Wrath of Cortex, which was oh, don't need a that. flawed Crash Bandicoot mm, no, game at best. No, just do a new one. Because yeah. they never made a Crash Bandicoot number four, did they? They no. made a fourth Crash Bandicoot game, but it wasn't number four, which is what I think they'll do. They tried to do this thing with Sonic, mm. Where they tried to make Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I remember four. Sonic Four. And oh boy, yeah, well, I remember Episode One of Sonic Four. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and now this thing, as much as I realise, like I haven't really played that many remakes and reboots. There's a lot that's coming that I'm going to be playing. Mm. So, uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, which you won't be playing as a as a remake, because I'm, I'm presuming you didn't play the original. I didn't play the original. So you get to enjoy it fresh, whereas I did when I did my massive playthrough of. All the Zelda games, this is one of the ones I had to play mm. in the immediate, you know, before I wrote that article. So, that's one. Um, we've got big... And that's the thing, because they can bank on nostalgia, one of the biggest games coming out of E3 was the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Which is, by and large, a very, very different game now. So, that's where the distinction gets confusing. Yeah. It's so different. Is it therefore a reboot of Final Fantasy VII... As opposed to a remake. A remake of an entry in a long-running series or a reboot of a singular entry, therefore making it a new thing and, oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. Exactly. It gets a very confusing thing. So I did list them off to you, but I never forgot what they were. <laughs> I rattled off a list to you of all the remakes that are coming and I forgot all of them. Uh, well, let's uh, take a look at what I noted down. Uh... Um, so, so let's just start off with uh, Link's Awakening. Um so that's not going to be a reboot for me, but what it is, is a much bigger, detailed, cutesier version of the Game Boy game. Yes, with a big new mechanic for the dungeon design being chucked in there as well. Again, not unwelcome. Much like the system in Crash Team Racing, which it's Activision, so yes. I'm worried that it's going to become the microtransaction thing. But added into CTR uh, this week, actually, two new things. Uh, one, the pit stop, which is a place where you can use currency that you earn in game yep. to unlock skins, which are really fucking cool. Like some of them are really well designed. Yeah. Um, new carts that haven't been in any of the ones, mm-hmm. um, and decals and paint jobs and all cool. that. But what they've introduced, how many? Two days ago? Two days? No, yesterday. Only introduced yesterday. Uh, Grand Prix, a limited time event within the game where you can unlock brand new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a new stage, like a new track, just for updating your game during when it's on. So free DLC straight away. Yeah. And then new carts, new decals, all that good stuff. So they retroactively put... Um, did you play Crash Team Racing, the original? No, I think so. Uh, they had like grid girl things, like yeah. when you'd won, like the podium girls. Mm-hmm. They're now playable racers, as is Torna from Crash Bandicoot 1, the um, much more humanoid original Crash girlfriend. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. She's in as a playable racer. Okay. Uh, and it's not stopping there because the ones that we know about are... The T-Rex from Crash 3 is becoming a playable racer soon. Okay. They are inventing Baby Crash and Baby Coco, and Spyro's coming, and it's all free. Spyro's coming? Spyro's coming. coming. In the third Grand Prix, it's the Spyro Cup. Are they owned by the same company? I think it's it's kind of like... You remember how 
uh, Naughty Dog and uh, Insomniac worked really close together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing, except mm. Vicarious Visions and whoever did the reboot of Spyro, Spyro they're doing the same thing. I've, I've always just associated the two together and never really thought if they're actually owned by the same <laughs> people. They just go together so well. They do, because they've crossed over and they've had those games. But yeah, yeah the reboot Spyro is coming to the reboot Crash and it's fucking cool. But, you know... Like I said, there are rumours that they're bringing um, other original characters, other characters from other kart games. It is a good time oh, to be a Crash fan. But don't that... worry, here comes Gex. <laughs> oh, I know, oh boy. Gex. I liked Gex. Oh, um, but yeah, that's obviously something that wouldn't have ever been possible in uh, the original Crash Team Racing. Something that weirdly feels right, even yeah. though it's an additional mode that we didn't ask for and that's something but we didn't I'm need. okay with that. So this thing this is why I'm all aboard um Link's Awakening. Mm. Because it feels like a reboot that's been that's wanted. It's a very obscure choice. And they revealed like there was no great like groundswell of support to remake Link's Awakening specifically, mm. but it's the one that lent itself easiest to the, you know, um Zelda Maker build your own dungeon yeah. thing. Um, because it was relatively simplistic in its design. Yes, they changed the graphical style on there. From, it, was, I mean, it was a Game Boy game. It didn't have a graphical style. They've updated that now to the, the weird dreamlike plasticine type thing. Yeah, the toy mode, essentially. Yeah. Um, but that's a game that really is going to improve a lot by you know having that reboot treatment. Whereas some of the ones on this list, chief among which um, is... Mono, um, COD 4, yeah. Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare being rebooted. Now, admittedly, what well, was 10 years ago, mm. but they've just re-released COD 4? Yeah, it, 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 this is where it feels a bit more yeah. of a device than it feels like a burning desire or a justifiable excuse to make these things. I fucking love that game. Yeah, but COD the, 4, I don't like COD, and I think COD 4's brilliant. The remastered version was on PS Plus... Two months ago? Something like that. I don't think there's that big a call for whatever this is. Yeah, and especially with the reports coming out of E3. Harrowing. <laughs> uh-huh. oh. I don't I don't need that. But the, but that at least feels like they're doing something different because COD 4 was... It was the jump up from the original Call of Duty being World War II shooters. Yes. But what is it? It's, it's no different from any COD game since... What no. it is, is more politically divisive. And that's what I'm saying. You have access to that. Something. You have access to Card 4. Yeah. And it looks good. Like, uh, um, Link's Awakening was a chore to play. Like, it's a good game mechanically, but it's it's aged. Mm. Because, you know, it came out in, like, early 90s, I think. It was the first one after Link's, uh, Link to the Past to come out. So it predates, every, it predates Ocarina of Time. It predates everything else. So that's something that really could benefit from a reboot because a whole new audience of people, you included, who is a Zelda fan and was kind of alive in the 90s, so kind of alive, were alive in the 90s, you could have played that, but now this is giving you access to something that is, you know, a whole new experience for people. Whereas I feel like those people who really wanted to play COD 4, they could do that already. They could do it already and now they've got the re-release. That's not how to do a reboot. No, it isn't. It's to breathe life into a franchise and then hopefully go on and do sequels. God of War did that. Yes, definitely. You won't find many bigger God of War fans than me, but after God of War Ascension, it was like, 
I'm kind of okay to let that lie for a bit. God of the new God of War comes out, that franchise is back to like maybe even like higher heights than it ever was. That's mm. such a critically acclaimed game by everybody. They're well hyped for a sequel. Call of Duty didn't need reviving. Call no. of Duty was going just fine. Especially the Modern Warfare line. Yeah. Like they specifically laid it dormant after three because they wanted a rounded out trilogy and then tried, you know, updating the Black Ops thing to be a bit more futuristic and then came Infinite Warfare and it felt like we were going towards futuristic combat. Yeah. And I think that wouldn't have been a bad idea, but they couldn't stick with it and they retreated to what they knew best. Now, you might be thinking, what's the end game of this discussion? Well, don't you know, we've got some ideas of things we want to read. Damn right we do. We do. Because generally, I don't think it's a bad thing for the industry. No, I think if, it's, if you choose the right franchise, it's fine. And it's less like, oh, just turfing it sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel. It's certainly not as egregious as porting the same game to every console, like, yeah. systematically. Yes. Like, fucking Skyrim does. Yes. So I just want a new Elder Scrolls now. Yeah, I don't exactly. want to play Skyrim again. So I've picked some franchises, long dormant franchises, that I feel a reboot or a remaster, either way you want to go, this a remake, reboot, whatever, will benefit a lot. And they're games that I feel like are missing at the moment. Yeah. They can fill a niche and then can go on and maybe properly revive the franchise and we get new sequels coming out of yeah. that. Now, I've got five. I also have five. Sick. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom of my list with one that God, I think... you best not have any of mine. Oh, God, I hope not. Let's find out. Go on. Um, so, I was thinking more about... Uh, reboots from the 90s being big and I was thinking more about 90s games and how you could possibly bring those games forward a game that I remember quite fondly playing was Siphon Filter um, I've never played Siphon Filter I've only played the original there yeah. were three others after it one of which was on the PS2 apparently Okay. I never fucking played it All right. couldn't tell you it's certainly not a genre that has uh, sort of owed itself to what gaming can do now. It was a very bare-bones third-person spy shooter, and it didn't really ever capitalise greatly on the spy thing. Mm -hmm. But this is before we had analogue controls, so it was, you know, not exactly the best fit. It was a bit tanky. think Resident Evil, but a bit more open and less sort of pressurised, okay. I guess. So I think if you were to bring Siphon Filter back... I don't think it's too easy to make it a first-person shooter. We had quite a lot of that in the PlayStation 3 years of just, remember this title? Now it's a shooter. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can do that, especially since third-person games have now become the standard for sort of big quality releases. Mm -hmm. Look at your God of Wars. Look at your, not Last of Us, but the Uncharted. Yeah. Um, Last of Us, I know, is third-person, but like... No, it's I not in the same vein. Yeah. Um... But I think you could do that. Now, it was quite plot-heavy, was Old Siphon Filter. Mm. It was all about sort of covert operations and private military companies and spies and shit. Yeah. It was really cool. That could do with the modernisation. I think you would follow the Uncharted model more than anything else. But mm -hmm. I would like to see more stealth brought into it from, say, the later Metal Gear games. Or make it like an, a proper open-world adventure like Just Cause. Yeah. giving you the ability to feel like a proper secret agent. In many ways, it could be the agent game from Rockstar that we never got. Yes. It could be that. 
I'm unsure who you hand it over to in terms of a studio, but I think people will remember the Siphon Filter name. And even if they don't, guess what? It's a reboot. You don't have to know what came before. No. It's a perfect opportunity to bring this long dormant franchise back. Speaking of Rockstar, I'm going to bring back Rockstar Table Tennis. Remember that? Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, Weird physics. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if this franchise... I've mentioned it in Air E3 preview, actually. I think it's time we reboot Bully. Reboot as opposed to sequel? Yes. Okay. Because I think... I, I see Bully more as akin to that first Red Dead Revolver game. Right. And then I don't feel it really made the cultural impact mm. that obviously GTA and Red Dead Redemption did mm. that a straight sequel is necessarily that strong an option. Right. There's a lot of people you could say, remember Bully? And even though it's like... I mean, I remember Bully. I remember Bully. But like everyone knows what Grand Theft Auto is. A lot of people will remember Red Dead because the hype around that game was fucking monumental. Mm. Bully never really got there. It got mm. there because of controversy... It did. Because of all the people trying to stop it and good stuff like Much that. Much like Manhunt. Yeah, I have never played Manhunt. I That's something they could easily... That was a clunky-ass game. Yeah, I know, I know. So I think Bully would actually be better as a, as a, as a remake. So what do you do with it? Well, I think you bring it back, but you just... You put the time and attention you gave into all the many and various mechanics of a Red Dead, mm. but you do it to tighten up the game. Because as much as I did like Bully... The classroom stuff was so repetitive. Yeah. And in terms of scope, you only really had the school and the little town outside it. Yeah. And I don't think it needs to be a full open map thing, but you do it as... You, you go back, you do the basically the same story, which, to be honest, I don't remember that much about. But this is why I feel like there's not that strong a connection to... Um, to, to um, I can't remember the name. James? I think it was Jimmy. 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 I don't think there's that strong a pull to that character that it, uh, to bring it back as a sequel and be like, oh, I'm excited to see Jimmy's story continue. Retell Jimmy's story. Mm. Bring it back, do it properly, flesh out the school, make the school bigger, flesh out the classrooms. I think it might be the Rockstar game that it will work better if you just reintroduce it on a ground level with a lot more time and attention put into it. As opposed to making it like Grand Theft Auto Jr., Give it its own sense of identity and then go and do a sequel off the back of that would you and go to college. It, would you say, would you keep it as a dated game? Because that game was set pretty much in the past because it was trying to restrict you from having access to certain things. So, you know, could you potentially update it and make it cyber bully where like you're, oh, you're affecting spheres of influence using, I don't know, social media and stuff like that? I don't know. See, I think that could actually be detrimental to it. Mm. I think the... I would say it... 90s right and do it there as, strict, as a then, Saved by the Bell reboot yeah well the, the way Red Dead works is kind of like yes there's a lot of Grand Theft Auto influences in there but obviously you don't have the phone you can't drive the, you don't drive cars you don't have all that interconnectedness that I feel is like Grand Theft Auto's thing now you said it in the 90s if you have a cell phone it's very fucking limited in what you can do with mm. it and I think because a lot of a lot of classes these days it's just it's all run by the computer. You're looking at the screen, you have your laptop. Yeah. That's not going to be good for the mechanics of the classroom, which is really what I want this thing to build on. That was the weakest element. It was a good idea, but it was the weakest element of that first game. I yeah. think a reboot is the way to go. Set it in the 90s and then make people fall in love with that game, then go and do a sequel. Cool. 
Makes sense to me. Um, moving up my list, I genuinely do feel that we are in the bit of a horror renaissance. Um, mm-hmm. That they are getting some really good games out of it. The Resident Evil Two, the Resident Evil Two remake was really good. Like that fixed a lot of fucking problems from that game mm-hmm. by making it essentially a prettier version of that game with uh, Resident Evil 4's engine. Um, but a game that often gets cited as one of the most creative uses of horror, so sort of one of the most effective, and especially for the console it was on, was certainly mm-hmm. sort of a, a diamond in the rough, yeah. uh, was Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Ooh, um, never and, played it, but I've like that thing was trippy. Yeah, real trippy, and something that I don't think we've really got back to, mm-hmm. purely because it it tried to trick you out by you know make making it look like uh, the console had become corrupted or the game discs were scratched or your TV was going mental. Mm-hmm. Less of a problem as it's gone on, um, because TV. TVs have obviously gotten better and we're now more focused on the fidelity of the graphics rather than the... We don't have problems with performance. We've all remembered booting up a PlayStation 2 game and you know keeping our fingers crossed that it actually fucking worked. Yeah. So to bring that forward, I do think there is space for an Eternal Darkness game to focus more on what scares us now, mm-hmm. which would be surveillance. It would be home connectivity... And it would be connection to the internet. Yeah. And I think a lot of what made that game so striking could be repeated by, you know, you're playing that game and your console is trying to download an update so everything's slower than it should be and stuttering. But it's just the game doing it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the playing on connected to your friends and you're getting messages from actual people in your friends list giving you, like either clues from the that, game or yeah. like really fucking you about by sending you weird friend requests or or playing on the internet uh, like the connectivity thing say for example uh, you're playing especially with a v- uh, PSVR headset oh good god yeah oh that's got some that's got some that juice could, in that. I could like turning the one side of it off and have it you know like, yeah. like there's a, like a, an actual physical glitch there's so many ways that this could be implemented that we don't think about that is a Golden idea there, Michael. It, I, I genuinely think it's time for this thing to come back. And unfortunately, with it being a Nintendo exclusive, means it would have to come to the Switch, where I don't think that's the best place for it. I think it needs to transition over to the PlayStation or to the PC to really capitalise on modern day fears and modern and things that would now send us off. Yeah. Playing notification sounds in the middle of the game. Just little shit like that. We've become responsive to minor audio cues. It could really capitalise on that. Telling you to build the Nintendo Labo that came with the game. You go, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember buying that. <laughs> you mean you don't have your Labo shank? What? Put on your Switch VR headset now. Hold up! <laughs> TikTok, it's Star Wars o'clock. Um, <laughs> well, what a transition. I know, thank you. Um, Battlefront came back and... 
not much, many of us are happy about that. Yeah, that um, happened. So what I need them to do... Oh, please tell me you're about to say what I think you're about to say. It's time Rogue Squadron came back. That's not what I was thinking. Were you thinking Knights of the Old Republic? No, I was thinking Jedi Power Battles. I do love Jedi Power Battles. <laughs> Rogue Squadron, though, that's a good pull. Jedi Power Battles only really works on the PlayStation, though, because yeah. it kind of needs to be a bit shitty. Yeah, I don't true. think it would work if it was really good. Um, Introduce the world to Plo Koon. Oh, everyone loves Plo Koon, Nanny <laughs> um, No, I want Rogue Squadron back. That's a good shout. Because We've not the, had many flight games recently. well that's the thing the battlefront games battlefront 2 had space battles and they would they were fine they weren't on the scope because obviously it wasn't a specialist space flight simulator so they weren't as good but they had them mm. these new these new battlefronts you have lower orbit stuff yeah i want full-blown rogue squadron back yeah yeah don't land because that's the problem rogue squadron 3 had you landed yeah. on a planet and ran around did some crappy shooting things i don't want that yeah, don't ever land unless you're landing in enemy bases. That's fine. But I just... Oh, a full-blown... Because think, the processing power now you have available to you, where you could actually do the Death Star. You could? The whole goddamn thing, the size of a planet. You could do... You could remake the start of Episode 3. That level of yeah. intensity, that many ships on the battlefield, and you can interact with each one of them. Have it real in depth, like how you take down a star destroyer. Because in Battlefront Two, it was all uniform. Mm. You shoot the shield detect, the shield generators. You shoot the power grid. You shoot the medic thing. You shoot the bridge. You land inside. You take down all the shields. Take off the guns. Blow the main thing up. Done. You make it complicated that these things can change. You know they can um, redirect power to certain places. The guns can fire up in different places. Each ship type, and like the capital ships, so Star Destroyers, the um, the Mon Calamari ships, very complicated things to take down. You've got to use proper squad tactics to take down. That would be dope. I don't really have much more in-depth things to say about it, other than even if it's a Switch exclusive, and that's the way they go, because it was a Nintendo exclusive on the GameCube. Yes. That's what I want. And think how many ships you could have. Don't lock them behind microtransactions, for the love of God. But, you know, you could you can fly um, in the Rebel Alliance with a Naboo N1. That was what was cool about Rogue Squadron, seeing all these different ships coming together. And that's what Darren wants. Or was it like a Honda Civic that was like the one yes. you could hack <laughs> It was an A-wing-like template, but yeah, you were driving as a t- uh, Corolla. Do you know that's actually a reference to Star Wars? The Toyota Corolla? Well, the car that they used. Oh, right, okay. And in place of an A-Wing in particular. Do you know when the A-Wing goes kamikaze in Return of the Jedi? Yeah. And smashes into the bridge? Mm. If you slow it down at the right point, you oh, they probably fix it in the remasters, but that was actually a car sashay they, sh- they threw through the window. No way. And you can just about make out that it's a car. <laughs> so that's all that's a reference to. That's what I want. Well, we've not had many flight games. Re- I mean, they announced Microsoft Flight Simulator... Whoop de fucking do. I suppose you had Starlink, but none played it. Yeah, but before that, there was like Hawks. That was yeah. like a War Hawks. War Hawks. Yeah. And uh, Star Wing or whatever the fuck was yeah. it? Yeah. The, the, no, Star Hawk. Star Hawk is the one that I enjoyed on the PlayStation yes. 3. And even then, that felt limited. And Hawks was like a bit too airing on the simulator yeah. side of things for me. I think you've got to make it kind of arcadey, but that could really work. That's what I want. Maybe. Maybe. I'd be down for that. Um, I'm going to move next to the one that gets overlooked by Nintendo mm. every fucking time. 
Oh, well. Every single time we enter a cycle of here's your Mario, Metroid, Zelda, Pokemon, and here's your fifth one. Yeah. And it's it's another Carl situation because it goes to Star Fox. It's yeah. like, where the fuck is F-Zero? Everybody knows Captain Falcon yeah. as the Smash guy now. Yeah. That was what we had for, like, Ness originally. Yeah. But, you know, people now know what Earthbound is and they know the Mother series is pretty much dead, so it's fine. But F-Zero... Its last entry was on the GameCube, and then it had, like, a spin-off game on the Wii, I think? Yeah. Where is it? Like, I know Nintendo are pushing Mario Kart as their premier racing franchise. I understand that. Well, there's your answer. But it's a kart racer. Where's a proper racer? Why not make this more like Gran Turismo or Forza or something like that that is more focused on performance of engine rather than... Zipping around a fun track, throwing power-ups. I can see where you can... If they just made it more mature, for want of a better word, of like, yeah, yeah it isn't your Mario Kart. Because that's why I think they're going with Mario Kart. They're eventually just going to turn that into Super Smash Kart. Yes. Basically. Um, Super Kart Brews. And you'll just have... It'll be Nintendo Kart instead of Mario Kart. Basically. If you make F-Zero the kind of... Not a wipeout clan, but you make it so much more, like... Um, complex than that. Mm. The, the build of your car has actual difference on how the car performs. Because they say that the carts have different handling in Mario Kart, but they're, they're, they're really. roughly the same. They're all variations on a theme. If it was actual, like a lot of in-depth differences, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, and like you said, basing it on Wipeout is not a bad idea at all. Wipeout mm. understood the zero gravity racing better than the F-Zero games did. Yeah. So, you know, you get the Wipeout team or anybody who's worked on a Wipeout remake, get them to do your fucking F-Zero game and you can have a proper story mode as part of it. That's something that kart racers outside of Crash lack. They don't have a story. They don't have something that you follow, you progress. We don't really know that much about Captain Falcon as a person. No. This is what he lacks, a, a personality outside of, yes, and Falcon! Show me your moves! Yeah, like, yep. let's lean into that. And you could lean into the retro side of it, because he was a late 80s, early 90s character. He yep. is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. He is a man in a stupid helmet and a stupid spandex suit who poses a lot. Yeah. Why not lean into it? And like I said, he could still be a mature racer. It could still be a technical game. Okay. Nintendo are really missing out on opportunity, in my opinion. They are. Mabel? Yep. What is the most predominant genre of video games in the world? First-person shooters. Yes. What's always a fun thing to do? Not play a first-person shooter. <laughs> parody. Oh, parody. What franchise best light gives itself to parodying first-person shooters? Duke Nukem? No. Oh. The original first person... Wait, it weren't first person. Technically, it was Wolfenstein? third person. Wolfenstein? Oh. Hogs of War. The Rick Mayall device? Mm. Okay. I kind of sort of was alright with Hogs of War. It annoyed me a little bit when I was younger. But, my God, does first person shooting need lampooning? <laughs> I know it was a third person game. That's fine. It's times Hogs of War came back. Mm. I know it's a very British thing, but a lot of bit that's like one of those PS1 games that never really got past the PS1 that people still look quite fondly back on. Yeah. I would like Hogs of War to come back and just be an absolute piss take of... Be the what Deadpool is to superhero movies. Mm. Come in and just rip the piss out of all these first-person shooters whilst also being a pretty dope game. Okay. That was the kind of sensibility that game was set to. One, not to take itself seriously. 
That's why I want Hogs of War back. Not my best forte <laughs> idea at all, man. No. But I just... But, I mean, the that thing, was the, I think it's comedy shooters outside of Borderlands haven't been doing particularly well, have they? The Duke Nukem no. thing that was Duke Nukem forever True. didn't work out. But just make it better. Boom. Just, just, done. just make it better. It. I haven't really got any ideas about to do that, but just do just it. Do it better. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Fair enough. You I've, got, know, I've got two good ones for last time. Yeah, worry. I'm on my top two now. Okay. This one's this one is the one that I think that people most want, and then my number one is the one that I most want. Yeah. Now, I don't know how you do this because there is a lot of red tape in order to actually bring this series back. Mm-hmm. And even then, I'm not sure whether you would do a reboot or whether you would just remaster the first games or whether you would do a numbered sequel and just carry it on. Yep. But it's very clear to me that people want Banjo back. Very clear. They want Banjo back. It's very clear. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been the big go-home surprise outside of Zelda from this year's E3. Yep. You've got to think that, that Microsoft and Nintendo are having that conversation now. They are going, right... Everybody responded well to Banjo being back. Mm-hmm. What's next? Do you do Banjo 3E? Do you remaster the original two games? Because there wasn't a third. Uh, the original two games and re-release them outside of the Rare Replay thing. Or do you go back to Banjo 1 and remake that not as a level by level um, with a big hub world, but mm-hmm. one big world. One big Every level is here, and you can go in between them. World, okay. or, do, or do you do what Crash did, and do you do make it a hub world with a level thing? Do you try to recapture exactly what it was because that's yeah. what people want? Do you try to improve upon it, or do you just go right? Fuck it, Banjo Three is a thing. It's the sequel to Banjo Three. I know it's the sequel to Banjo Two. E. We're not going to think about the nuts and bolts game. It no. didn't happen. We're going to do a Sonic Four. Um, uh, well, okay. hopefully not a Sonic 4 no, but not we're just a Sonic 4 ignore it there is no better time than now now that the platformers are coming back Crash is back Spyro's back do it Ban- yep. Banjo was one of those 90s platformers that deserves to come back okay I'm going to round mine off with do you want my head pick or my heart pick you know what you wouldn't be your head pick for a second yep so I'll do the same. I mentioned this in my E3 preview and got really annoyed about it in my E3 review that they didn't announce a Dino Crisis <laughs> reboot slash remake. I don't care at this point. It's, 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 dinosaurs are in again and I'm real, real, real happy about that. And it's time that the dinosaur video games came back. We had Jurassic Park Evolution and that was fine. There's meant to be a Jurassic Park survival game on the way. Fucking nice. But we've just been denied so many times, with Far Cry in particular. Like, yeah. oh, we could do dinosaurs, but here's the mammoth. Ain't no one care about woolly mammoths. Go and look at the box office returns for 10,000 BC if you don't fucking believe me. Um, so I want Dino Crisis or Turok. Yeah, either can work. One of the two dinosaurs, because obviously they're different games. Dino Crisis is more, basically it's Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. Yeah. Fine. Uh, whereas Chuark is more what a Far Cry dinosaur game would look like. That's true. First person shooter, but there's dinosaurs. I just want a di- I want a really good dinosaur game where I can shoot stuff. Tell me, you haven't played Ark Survival Revolt. I have actually played Ark for a little bit, but oh, it's right. such like it's such like a. I don't even know how to describe it. It's really janky. Yeah. And it's not what I want. I want pro- I want high quality dinosaur games, not just 
online some lads have put this together in two weeks by the look of things yeah I mean I've heard Ark's I mean it's not ported to every console under the goddamn sun so it must have been something right but yeah, I just really feel like especially with how good you can make the dinosaurs look these days yeah it'd be incredible and it just feels like I don't know why they haven't why there hasn't been one yet it really does baffle me I know just like with the Dark Phoenix one I know I'm coming from a very I'm coming from a place of deep deep personal bias towards dinosaurs well, you know but the closest we got really was Horizon Zero Dawn yeah and they were all and that was really good it was really good but they were robot dinosaurs I want to shoot a T-Rex in the face <laughs> Michael so you will not I hopefully you've never heard of my first one fair enough you've definitely heard of mine oh go on uh, now I was thinking about franchises that I have loved and played so so heavily that have either not ever been updated or, or just been forgotten to time mm-hmm. and like there's part of me that wants to say oh go back and do Dynasty Warriors properly because Dynasty Warriors 9 was shit it's not relevant because the series is still going it's still moving forward it's still getting you know Orochi games and Samurai games whatever Yes, there is a series that has been dormant kind of since the PS3 days and has been active since the PS2 days. Two beautiful generations where this was the game in its genre. Okay. In my opinion. There's been no such better racing game than Burnout. Okay. Burnout have been 100% my favourite. That's my heart pick. I know people like Need for Speed. I know people like Gran Turismo. <laughs> I like two Need for Speed games, basically. <laughs> yeah. There was Most Wanted and the other one. And the most wanted reboot, maybe. Yeah, that's Fuck about it. it. Um, but, you know, Need for Speed's gone a direction. It's not a fucking good direction. No. But it's gone a direction. Yeah. Gran Turismo remains the sort of the landmark technical achievements. Yeah. And just We haven't had a good, fun racer game outside of car, but that was what was so good about Burnout. It was competitive. It was brutal. It was visceral. It felt, it felt fast. Other racing games, feel, I feel like they lose the speed a bit in terms of just wanting to recreate something. Yeah. The Forza Horizon games are guilty of this the most. They don't feel fast because the the focus is on the locale. Yeah. Like especially 4 where it was, you know, a distinct lack of <laughs> ring roads and uh, yeah. roundabouts since they were doing Britain. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's what I really loved about Burnout. It, the, the focus was always on the player, always on your interactions and you kicking the shit out of other races. Now, we have had Paradise, which was the last entry in the series, yes. remastered. It's not good enough. No. We did get a shitty mobile game uh, oh. that was just the crash mode. It is not good enough. We need something... I would be happy just for you to remake Burnout 3. Honestly, that I just I just want Burnout 3 back because it's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Or Burnout Revenge, which was the just as good but not quite as brilliant sequel. Yeah. It was real fucking good though, and take out, uh, Burnout Three Takedown is the gem of that series. Mm-hmm. I want to recapture that. Paradise tried to go open world, fine, I guess it's kind of okay. You still have to drive around that open world to then start the races, which then become the walled-off yep. area race tracks. Just go track by track. Just make some good-looking tracks. Give us that very competitive, very brutal gameplay. Mm-hmm. Chuck an online mode in, chuck some extras in with licensed cars or whatever. It is a recipe for fucking money. 
at the very least, I would buy the highest collector's edition of a proper burnout game. It comes with a car. Yeah, I would buy the car that's on the cover. I want the Pagani you... Zonda, and I want it now. <laughs> I don't intend to drive it, I just want the game that comes with the Pagani Zonda. Yes, basically. Lovely. Are you ready for the deepest cut I've probably ever thrown out on this podcast? I mean... This you... is a one-game series... Right, is it that had Tomba? One, no, oh. it had one entry. It's not Cooler World, Tomba don't worry. Fucking Cooler World! Anyway, Cooler World would be a hell of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, whilst you, like, since we started this podcast, I thought, like, oh, remember the Mickey Mouse game on PlayStation 1? That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Hercules the game? Hercules game. That's pretty dope. Now, this is a one entry <laughs> on the PlayStation 1, and I'm not entirely sure that it wasn't just me that played it. Right, right. okay. Did you ever hear of the game called 40 Winks? Yes, I oh, did. Oh my god, you have! Okay, I right. owned 40 Wings. I love that game. <laughs> if you don't know what 40 Wings was, you played as, um, like, they were like six, seven year old kids. Yeah, you played as a boy and a girl. Yeah, it was you? a yeah, brother and sister team. Now, I don't particularly remember the nuances of the story, but basically, you fell asleep and you woke up in your own house, but you were clearly in a dreamland. Mm. And you just went off in adventures like this. The main mechanics were you were trying to collect enough tokens to wake back up again, but you could also transform whilst you're in the dream world into different versions of yourself. So yeah. I just watched a quick let's play. You could turn into like a jester, like a Neanderthal caveman who's like super strong, etc., etc., etc. And that is a game that opened up so many goddamn possibilities for expansion. Like, think of how good we could now make that game if we wanted to. Now, it was apparently an obscure British developer that's since gone defunct, and I don't know who owns the license if anyone does. But my God, a 40... Like, if it was literally 40 different levels, and you did, right, this is the pirate level. You get to be a pirate in this game. And then every level you went to was like a different version of like a child's reality of what they could dream about. Right. You're a dog in this one. You're a fucking astronaut in this one, etc., etc., etc. You know what it kind of sounds like? Go on. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, don't, don't, don't give me no, Kingdom Hearts. No, think about it, though. Don't give me does... Kingdom Hearts. Don't give me Kingdom Hearts. You go to a different world. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. Okay. It might be fine. But <laughs> you don't want to think about Kingdom Hearts. No, because it, it, even the people who do think about Kingdom Hearts tend to drive themselves fucking insane trying to figure out what the hell it all means. True. This would be a lot more straightforward. You're a kid. You fell asleep. You'd rather not be asleep because you're in a nightmare world. Get out of your nightmare world. You're in the pirate world and you get to be a pirate, but it's like Blackbeard's here and he's messing up your shit, etc. That's the game I'm like, no one ever talks about 40 Wings. Why is no one talking about 40 Wings? This is the first time since the 90s I've thought about 40 Wings. Exactly. That's why it's primed to come back. And that's very much a heart pick of just, I remember so fondly that game, Mm. of being the one that's like the most tethered to PlayStation 1. Like, obviously, Crash was, but then Crash came back. Tekken was, but Tekken continued. Uh, Like, all those early games I played on the PlayStation 1, and even the PlayStation 2 to some extent, they're, they're, they've gone on to have lives of their own. 40 Wings is the only one that didn't. Now, that might be because, it, you know, if you played it again, you'd be like, well, I'm not good. And the reason it hasn't continued <laughs> on because no one gave a shit. But I gave a shit, and I wanted to give it something, um, some, uh, some lip service. I did, however, stumble upon something when re- like looking into 40 Wings. Like, oh, when was it made? Who made it? Etc. There was a Kickstarter campaign. Right. Because it was only on PlayStation 1, but there was meant to be an N64 port. Yeah. They got a Kickstarter going to not even remake or re-up the graphics, just to bring it out on the N64. <laughs> right. The Kickstarter succeeded. What? 
Now, apparently, it hasn't actually been fulfilled yet. Oh. But there is a plan to release 40, 40 Winks on the N64. What the Which fuck? means this year <laughs> there may be a brand new N64 game. <laughs> and that game will be 40 fuck mothering Winks. <laughs> so there are people out there. They're on Kickstarter, apparently, that are thinking like me. So you may laugh it off, Michael, but I'm sure next year at E3, the big go-home will be Ubisoft has acquired the licence and fuck it, they're doing 40 winks. They've given up on that gods and monsters shit and they're doing 40 winks. No need to vote on which one of us would I know I do. Jesus Christ. Burnout, you don't know the scope of my imagination. (laughs) 40 winks, motherfucker! Jesus Christ. Well, please do let us know what games you think should be rebooted or indeed your thoughts on reboots, remakes and remasters. Cooler World! Yeah, fucking Cooler World overboard, you know. I only ever played Cooler World on demo, but I think everyone had the same demo disc. Yeah. Oh, God. Bring back demo discs, that's what what I'm saying. Where's Croc? Oh, don't give me Crocs and Gex and all that shit. I genuinely like both of those. And Frogger. Good old Frogger. Uh, no, but Frogger's a classic. I know, but I like the PlayStation 1 version. Anyway, you can tell us about that in the comments on our website, which is farewellentertainment.com. You can go and find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I forgot what I was on for a second. Uh, and at that, Mike Owen. Certainly not drugs. I know. Uh, and you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Gutridge. You can go and find the site on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud under the username FowlEnt. That's F O U L E N T. And you can go and find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you'd like to pick up your podcasts or RSS feeds. Thank you very much for listening to this classic style version of A Bit Sweet. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody! Bye!